I go through these cycles <laughs> and I'm in flow and then I go into like, I go down and then I come back up out of them. I hit rock bottom and I re-inspire myself and I go again and I go down and I go re-inspire and I go again. And I have this fractal I keep going through. Have you ever let stress get the better of you? Want to know how to maximize your productivity? My name is Tommy Bowie. Follow me as I deep dive into the minds of successful entrepreneurs and industry professionals on the tools, tips, and strategies they use to overcome stress and boost productivity in their daily lives, especially when the going gets tough and the stakes are high. This is the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. My guest today is an international speaker, serial entrepreneur, advisor, award-winning digital marketer, author, media commentator, and mentor. The Australian-born entrepreneur is the co-founder of Finder, a global personal finance comparison website which attracts over 10 million visitors each month, over 400 staff across six offices, and can be found in over 80 countries. He's spearheaded the group's venture capital arm, Finder Venture, where he thrives in the startup phase of building new business ideas. He led the launch of cryptocurrency brokerage HiveX.com in 2018, which traded over $100 million in its first year. For the past two years, he's been leading the group's latest project, the Finder app, which is an Australian-first innovation that combines personal finance management with comparison. It connects a user's bank accounts, analyzes insights, and sends automated alerts on when they can compare products and potentially save money. As one of Australia's most successful entrepreneurs, he has countless accolades in his name, including Entrepreneur of the Year, by Blockchain Australia Industry Awards 2019, Blockchain Australia Fellow 2019, three prestigious awards in 2017 by global professional services company EY, including Entrepreneur of the Year, Australian National Winner, Services Category. He was also awarded ADMA Australian Young Director Marketer of the Year in 2006, and at just 23, he was listed in Australian Anthill's 30 Under 30. Please welcome on the show, Fred Shabesta. Fred, thank you for joining me today on the Stressless Entrepreneur Podcast. Thanks so much, Tommy. And thanks very much for everyone who's listening right now that found the best podcast. Fred, I wanted to get you on the show today because you've just recently been listed in the Australian Financial Review's Young Rich List in at 22nd with a net value of $193 million. So I do want to know all about your journey in getting to the $193 million, you know, some of the pivotal moments um, in your career, but also some of the key challenges you've faced along the way. Mm. But before we do that, are you able to give us a quick history about yourself? Yeah, I, I started building websites back in 2000. I think it was 99 maybe even. And I used to just tinker around with them and I learned to code and taught myself how to code while I was at university and I, I wasn't the greatest student and they were, we obviously, you know, this is quite a while ago and internet technologies weren't new. And I started selling those websites to other people and mm -hmm. mastering SEO. So SEO was a big thing for me and has been for a very long time. And, you know, took the, that sort of ideas and that sort of knowledge and combined it together to make a series of websites. Some failed, some not. One of them was creditcardfinder.com.au. And we had a series of challenges with it because, you know, we kind of really pushed it all the way to the limit because, you know, I was testing the bounds of SEO and we got penalized by Google actually yep. at least five times, which was not a good idea. 
So going to Google Jail is not great. You lose about 80% of your traffic overnight. Mm-hmm. Back then, you know, this is sort of 2010. They didn't really tell you how to get out of it, you know, and that was obviously a very stressful time. I think before that, building the first company was probably one of the very dark, just emotionally tough period of my life because I didn't know exactly what to do or how to get better and didn't have many people to sort of lean on and talk to. But And that was a very, very dark I would say a dark period in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've had, I, you know, I had that before again, I sort of lost my way a bit in 2010, 2011, and then sort of found myself again. And then 2016, 2017, sort of refound myself again, because I, sort of, you know, within Finder, I built my, the company up to a point where I didn't necessarily have a role in the Australian company. Yep. So, yep. you know, you kind of lose yourself in your own company and that's kind of, it's definitely uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily stressful, but it was more kind of lose your North Star. You lose who you are, your, your ego, your identity gets challenged. Yep. I actually got divorced in 2015 as well. And that was an extraordinarily stressful time of my life, two yep. and a half yep. years. You know, but now I'm, I'm good friends with my ex-wife and we've got two beautiful little girls and they are an absolute joy and they continue to you know do really well. And we go on holidays all together all the time. I know it sounds unusual, but you know, I think we just, you know, I think there is a possibility to go through a divorce and become friends on the other side. A couple of things that I want to mention there, being penalized by Google because you're kind of testing out the boundaries of SEO, then success in business at an early age and how that kind of evolved you as a person and also the divorce in 2015. Now, all three of those would have given you or come with it some challenges. You know, you talked about the stressful times with your first business. Do you think there were any common themes when it comes to stress and how you manage pressure for all three of those phases in your life, you can say? Mm. Yeah, you know, I, I definitely am very comfortable under pressure yep. and I enjoy it. I actually tend to perform quite well. But yeah, when it tips over and it gets too much pressure and then you know goes into sort of stress territory, then... So uh, probably the most extreme amount of stress I've experienced is probably during my divorce. I was extremely anxious. I found that extraordinarily tough and I didn't, I don't think I really dealt with that terribly well. I, yeah. <laughs> as yeah. best I possibly could. I think, you know, then I, I had a, a fairly, I'd say destructive pattern, unfortunately. I would escape and party and, and sort of do things to forget, sort of avoid the anxiety and, and challenges I was experiencing. Mm-hmm. But I was very conscious of that as well. And I would I would sort of pull back and take care of myself as best I could. I had an emotional coach. Okay. Um, and, and also a, a divorce coach, which is, yeah, I think getting coaching is, is kind of, I think, part of my, my formula. The other thing that I would do is when I hit too much, when it became too far, I would just take a, like a day or a week off and I would isolate the business and not impact it too much and just take some time for myself. The other pattern, which consistently I have done throughout my life is I will just stop. And when it's all of it, you know, everything's a bit too much and I will just put my shoes on and just run out my front door and, you know, just exercise, you know, I just go for a run. You know, I think that's an incredibly powerful pattern, which I think has carried me through many, many situations and, and re-enabled me to create. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think of recent, but, you know, if I, I definitely have experienced, there's a lot of stress and I guess pressure right now. We have a lot, of, you know, obviously coronavirus and the impact it's having on the, on the business, but I feel 
kind of comfortable going through that. But I think the the big challenge, you know, in dealing with that pressure or stress and, and really getting focused and aligned and practical about what to do. And I tend to always do that. Like if there's a problem, I'll just go and address it immediately. I'll get it yep. done. Yep. And that, that's, that's, I think, very much part of my pattern. Recently, I've actually, and I never have done this, but I've recently started to meditate, which has never been something I've done ever. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that's a new one for me. But I found that it's a way to connect with the higher energy or, or source or, you know, really get past your level of consciousness that is being limited by your emotions and your feelings and your thoughts and to get past that and to reopen up new thought patterns and channels and um, levels. Mm-hmm. And another thing, as I've gotten older, I've started to listen to myself. And this is not something I would ever do in the past, but I would go, hey, I'm feeling a bit sad or I'm feeling anxious or I'm feeling stress and that's unusual. Why am I feeling like that? And then I'll go and address immediately what the thing is that's causing that. Yep. And I think that's a new pattern for me. That's something which took a long time to evolve and understand and address is actually listening to yourself, to listen and hear and feel the feelings, which I don't think I ever did in the past. It was not, I just, I just didn't do a good job of it. And, and I guess quite vulnerable about that. You know, and I think, I don't think that comes with age. I think that, came, that came from my um, emotional coach and, me, and him helping me to listen to myself and hear that and then either to journal it or and, and, and go and address that and take the necessary actions or you know look inside myself and understand what is the belief that may be driving my behaviors and and normally that's the ones that tend to cause you know massive amounts of anxiety and stress is when something inside me has dissonance you know doesn't agree with the actions or behaviors that i'm i'm exhibiting you know there's a you know, and serious issue. And, you know, in the past, I think I just sort of copped it and just dealt with it. Um, But now I no longer do that. I actually address the issue, have the hard conversation, confront it and get it done. And that has unlocked a huge amount of potential and a huge amount of just less time wasted. I I really feel like I've hit a a much higher level order um, and plane of flow. Yeah, yeah. I do want to talk about... COVID-19 and how it's impacted your business and yourself a a bit later on in the conversation. But I do want to go back to what you mentioned a couple of times, and that is an emotional coach. What's an emotional coach for yourself? And kind of what was the the driver for you to initially reach out to an emotional coach? So an an emotional coach for me has helped me to grow up, to learn the emotions that I'm experiencing and how they can become self-limiting emotions and to remove non-constructive ones and to keep really constructive ones in order to, you know, be the best version of yourself. Yep. Yep. And I feel what led me to that. And and, and that sounds unusual, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think there's three forms of self-improvement. There's mental, physical, and emotional. And I I feel like, and I'm going to put it out there, but I actually feel like I'm going on a spiritual awakening right now. Yeah, that's pretty out there. And it's kind of not something I ever focused on very much, but now I feel ready and comfortable to do that. The way in which I started to go on that journey is I noticed a behavior that I kept repeating. And I was like, I keep making this same mistake over and over again. And it's not like I have much control. Why am I doing that? And this is not serving me. 
Yep. And when I sort of, you know, confronted myself about that, I said, well, I think I better go and get some third party help because I'm clearly not able to adjust and evolve and, and grow past this. So that was kind of the moment in time. And that's when I, I sort of started that whole journey to, to find someone. Now, do you think your early success in terms of that first business and then you can say hitting jackpot because you've sold it and there's that quick cash flow coming in. Do you think that could have played in, in how you kind of evolved in terms of that mental state of yours? I think that was definitely helped me get out of the low and the very self, I'd say I had a very low opinion of myself. I'd say low self-esteem, less of confidence. And yeah, it helped me realize that I can do great things yep. and that I can achieve. And it took a long time. It took me seven years of struggle, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. like deep, emotionally abusive struggle. And I dealt with all sorts of the worst situations you could imagine because I just you know, didn't have any experience. And to get through that and go to the other side, yeah, 100%. That sent me on a course upwards and a course of you know, growth. And I think it started a healing of the past, but also creating a platform to build for the future where I could, you know, build upon and grow. But I, I didn't, I don't think I was ready and able to do that without my emotional development before that. I, I was a very young, yes, I, I sort of achieved some things in it as, a, as a young man, but I had not grown up from probably, you know, being a young teenager. Emotionally, I was um, a very young at mind person. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't really give yourself time after the, the sale of the first business. You know, you, I think you, you ventured into your second business quite soon and had a very high stake in, in Finder, wasn't it? Yeah. You know, we, we spent two and a half years doing an earn out in our first company. So that's where you, you work for the, the new company that buys your company. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, that was very interesting. We learned a lot from that. And then, yeah, we went straight into our second venture. That's Frank, Frank and myself. And Jeremy was one of the co-founders as well of Finder. But Frank and I, you know, obviously we've been working together since 2003. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, selling that first company was, yeah, a really big deal, like a really big deal emotionally for the risk that we've taken uh, in our lives and our careers. And also, I think, you know, for our families as well, like yep. we were, you know, we were pretty dark individuals for a long period of time. And mm-hmm. then, mm-hmm. you know, there was light coming through that and we reconnected with our friends you know, there were some, some good things that came from that. Yep, yep. Are you able to tell the listeners a little bit more about Finder and its evolution over the years? Yeah, you know, it started as a credit card comparison website where you can get, you know, great deals. Yep. And then we started comparing, you know, mortgages and personal loans. And then we thought, hey, what if we compare a whole, a whole series of things? And now compares about a thousand different things. Shampoo, barbecues, VPNs, streaming services, insurance, broadband, whatever you want to compare, it's probably there. And, you know, we've started to build this, you know, not build, we've launched this app that automatically actually compares your products. So you connect your bank account, you connect up your free credit score, and we we help you basically automatically analyze your bills and save you money on a continuous basis. It's it's a free product as well. That's our newest innovation. Uh, in 2016, I went to New York City and we set up finder.com, which is the US mm-hmm. version. Mm-hmm. 2000, January 2017, set up the UK. And then in October last year, just before all of this craziness went on, we set up the Canadian office in Toronto. Yep. And it looks as though you were on a pathway in terms of scaling and, and growth. 
Now that COVID-19 has hit, how has it impacted the overall business at Finder? So I think, you know, credit products in general, personal loans, credit cards got absolutely smashed. People just stopped applying and banks stopped offering them because they weren't sure who to, who to offer them to. Yep. And then on the other side, other products just took off, right? So e-commerce products have just gone through the roof. Products like broadband, share trading, streaming services, you know, they've, they've just absolutely ballooned because people have different interests and different needs. I think everyone got annoyed with their broadband and everyone saw the stock market drop yep, dramatically yep. and then, you know, picked up a whole chunk of stock down that, you know, that, that whole trough. And now you've seen it meteorically rise. And I think everyone's a bit confused right now as to how and why it's continuing to, to go up so much. Mm -hmm. And you said it before, but consumer sentiment has, has obviously changed. Has that impacted the, the bottom line? It, obviously, there's more sales here, but there's reduction there. But in terms of finders continuing revenue stream, has that been impacted? I think the continuing, you know, it's a con the business underlying and fundamentally is carrying on. People are still comparing things. Yep. Um, but I just think it's in different categories. You know, it's just yep. changed yep. a bit. And I think that'll adjust and come back quite a bit. It's just that a lot of the corporations that we worked with are trying to figure out exactly how to deal with the new customers that are out there. And they're setting the paradigm and, and sort of readjusting their metrics. And I think there's kind of a delay. You know, if you're talking about the Australian market, you know, in the US market and the UK market are slightly differently. But in Australia in particular, you know, we've got this six month kind of delay where mortgages have been put on hold for six months. This is JobKeeper payments that have been put out for six months. And what happens on the other side of that, I think it's going to be quite interesting. Mm -hmm. And so right now, I don't think anyone knows what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think we're just trying to adapt and be ready and jump on whatever trends emerge and, and come about. Whatever's next will be there. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the mortgage repayments ones is a very interesting one because it's not a reduction in fees or payments. It's just a, a delayed payment. So there will be a lump sum at the end of the, the six months and can go either way because people have lost jobs and they can't recover that. So it's going to be very interesting to see, to see the, the, the housing market play out based on that. 100%. How has COVID-19 affected you on a personal level? And also, what do you think are some of the benefits that we can kind of take out of this whole situation? I think everyone has done a lot of self-reflection because we all slowed down and we mm -hmm. all were at home and we had a whole lot more time. And I personally have done a lot of self-reflecting and I've loved it. You know, I realize I'm quite a social person. I've realized um, I love um, energy and giving energy and receiving energy from other people. Yep. I love that. I, I, I didn't realize that. Mm -hmm. You know, I think everyone's sort of questioned what do they want to do? What's important to them? And I think that's just been a massive wake up for everyone. I do think slowing down as well has been really good. Just slowing down everything and able to pause and look. And I think everyone got a, everyone in their fifties and sixties got a brief, or even in their late forties, fifties and sixties, got a brief look at what does retirement look like, <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, cause they were continuously at home. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were like, some people liked it, some people didn't, but for me, I was never at home that much. I, I was continuously overseas, I was moving, traveling, and I loved it. Absolutely loved being at home. And I, I just didn't realize, I, I feel I've got actually got a nice home and I didn't, just was never there. And so being there and consuming that and feeling it has been a big deal for me, like a big deal. And I think a lot of the 
I guess reflections. I think a lot of people are, you know, starting to save more money. I think they're trying to make some hard decisions about their life and where they want to go and where they want to spend their time. And I think another challenging part right now is a lot of people sort of found their identity by traveling and moving overseas and those kind of things. And that kind of all those plans have been changed. Yep. And so people are trying to refine themselves. I think everyone's a, lot, a little bit lost. And so that's a, an interesting dynamic and, and something which probably will take a bit of time for everyone to work out. Yeah, especially in today's age, you know, there's so much information going around. People love getting the quick fixes and, you know, short and easy way to, to kind of chase success. But this is forcing us to kind of become more self-aware and ask the difficult questions of what is it that we're actually doing? If we are going to work or if we don't like staying at home, why is that? You know, we're giving the opportunity to mm. kind of relax, yet we're still stressed. So it, it does allow us to ask some tough questions. Talking about uh, taking time off and your approach to that, how has being CEO of Finder, you know, when you first started, how was it like then um, compared to how it is now? And do you get the flexibility to, to kind of take time off when required? Yeah, I set some boundaries. Every year I go to Europe and I take sort of four to six weeks off. I don't know if it's off because I'm still, I still continue to work, but yeah. I definitely, definitely, I just, I spent that time to be with my girls and connect and, you know, that deeper relationship and really just focus on them. And we go skiing. So that's my thing mm -hmm. and try and, you know, and we have some fun and build those connections with our family. I think that I've tried to take holidays with my girls during school holidays as well. And, you know, we don't want a lot of trips, but now we probably need to figure out new things to do, Yeah, which has been awesome. Yeah, I definitely find that time. Yeah. You mentioned your girls in, in the conversation. Are you able to just quickly talk about the period where you did get your divorce? Because that's quite recent in terms of, you know, only being five years away. And then at the same time, having to manage a company and, and focus on growth and scale. How did you manage to get through that? And were there some tips that you can provide to, I guess, struggling entrepreneurs that may be going through similar situations? It's not easy. It's not something you want to actively go about and do or on a regular basis. I think it's just one of those things that I think change in your life. And I guess when things are unreconcilable, then that's something that you might do. I think I... If anyone's getting married, I would get a binding financial agreement. So, you know, my yep. new partner, we have a binding financial agreement before we start living together, which is great. And that's like business, right? You got to work out how you exit before you start, you know, and I think that that's just being diligent and realistic these days. Mm -hmm. I think at the really hard part, it's the only thing I can suggest is take it one day at a time. Yep. Just one step at a time. Just do that thing that you need to do and do the next thing and just that's all you're going to focus on and that's all you're going to do and that's the mode i got into where you can just be defensive and inside yourself and just slowly but surely continue to move forward mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter how you move forward or how much you move forward just keep moving forward towards the end and eventually it'll pass eventually you'll get it done yeah that's <laughs> that's not an, i'm not sure it's a pretty, pretty punchy one. Yeah. And it, it's kind of using the concept of, you know, time heals, but also understanding that over time, our ability to cope with certain feelings becomes a, a lot easier. And, you know, initially we might use things as a distraction to kind of uh, step away from that. But unless we're actually actively creating that self-awareness, like you said before, about what it is that you're feeling, why is it that you're feeling this way? And then kind of 
how can you address it internally to move forward? So that's some great tips that you've provided there. So within the next 12 to 24 months, what's next for Fred Shabesta, the entrepreneur, but also as a person? Do you see yourself moving away from Finder anytime soon? No, no, I feel like we're just beginning. I'm really excited to go much deeper. And yeah, I just feel like we're just beginning to do, you know, build some incredible products and technology. And I'm so excited about that. Yep. You know, I'm really going deep down this this rabbit hole of, of building a technology company now. And I think Finder's in a really good place to do that. And it will continue on being a great media company as well and a publication. But I think, you know, now's a really exciting time to go much further down that rabbit hole. I think that for myself personally, I am still working on myself a lot. And I feel I'm only just starting to break into some some very deep layers of insight about learning about myself. I don't think it'll ever end. In fact, I'm probably even more committed now to doing that. Yep. And it's something which I, right now I'm going through a, a real reawakening and a, I go through these cycles. <laughs> I'm in flow and then I go into like, I go down and then I come back up out of them. I hit rock bottom and I re-inspire myself and I go again and I go down I go re-inspire and I go again. And I have this fractal I keep going through. I would say I'm on, I'm sort of on the down, but coming up, you know, last sort of four weeks, I don't know, I just wasn't in flow, wasn't feeling it, just feeling weird about the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But now feeling a lot better and ready for, ready for, um, you know, going for it. You mentioned before that you know you've only just recently started meditation, and then you mentioned the concept of flow as well. So it seems as though that's throughout your life you've tended to be the person that kind of has a lot of thought going through your mind, and it's one of those things that you said before: energy, right? You love talking about energy and, and, and providing energy. There's a quote that I read online that you said before, and kind of like a motto that you've used is: "Early to bed, early to rise, work hard, and advertise." That for me is fantastic because I've just recently, you can say, transitioned to be an, a morning person. And that has done wonders to myself in terms of levels of energy and productivity. Are you yourself a, um, a morning person? And kind of how has that motto shaped you or allowed you, you to become the person that you are today? I, I don't think, you know, in my 20s, I was an, uh, a late night owl. I would stay up late and I'd wake up late and I just couldn't really get out of bed. Yep. And now... I guess in my thirties, I sort of did the same thing, but you know, I had a bit of a dark period then through my divorce and things like that. And now sort of, you know, through my late thirties, I just, I, I just get tired because <laughs> I, you know, I wake up early and I get into the day and I'll, I'll exercise and I'll do my bits and pieces and come up with ideas and kick, kick stuff around. And then I'm excited to do it again. So I want to go to bed and I want to, you know, rest my machine and then reboot it and then go again and again and again and i love that but i think that's probably an evolution and took me a long time to aspire and and get towards i think in the beginning i was just learning so much i'd read a lot and i listened to a lot and i explored and and now i feel i've learned a lot i'm still learning every day but now it's about manifesting some things which i feel ready to go and do um, and they require more about creativity than they do management and execution by me, myself personally. And so I'm really focused on my personal energy and my personal mindset to be in the, you know, the best, I guess, state of mind. Um, yep. So so that's changed a lot. 
Yeah, and it boils down to the importance of sleep as well and what that does to our body in terms of recovery and creative thought process. Because when we're younger, we always think that sacrificing sleep is the way to go because you get more time to kind of do more things. But until we experience that full eight-hour sleep and full days of recovery, we don't actually know how that will benefit us. So that's a great tip for our stressless entrepreneurs today. You mentioned a couple of times in the conversation about this personal transformation or kind of going through and trying to experience a, a spiritual awakening. What were some pivotal moments in your career when you thought you weren't going to make it or you were quite skeptical in a certain paradigm? But then after experiencing it, everything changed. Is there a story in that regard? Uh, a, lot, a lot of times, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I've been down so long, it's starting to look like up to me. Yeah, I was in New York City. I remember I was sitting in the office and I was by myself and there was not a single person who'd rented this office. And I was sitting in New York City. It was freezing cold outside and I couldn't hire anyone. I was like putting out job ads and no one was coming. And I'm like, why is no one coming to hire for these jobs? And I got really scared, really scared. I'd flown back. I was in New York City by myself. It's a pretty brutal city, a very brutal city, right? Very yeah. tough. And... I just, I kept on trying and trying and trying and nothing was coming and nothing was working. And I called my business partner and I said, oh man, I just don't know if we're going to make it. No one wants to apply for our job. And they were just like, it's okay, carry on. You'll figure it out. You know, you'll get there. You, you always do. And I was like, oh man, maybe it's never going to happen. And then I went to my email and I clicked randomly onto the spam folder. And in the spam folder were, you know, hundreds of, job applications yeah yeah um and the relief that i got from that was unbelievably overwhelming i just realized you know i got back on that train and i i stopped questioning myself and started realizing that it's probably going to be okay and kept that confidence alive and kept going not the easiest thing to do when you're by yourself mm -hmm. <laughs> to just keep going and keep persisting particularly in a big city, you don't have any friends and yeah, not the easiest thing to do, but yeah, a lot of lonely, tough nights by yourself and little wins, you know, kept me going. Little things, just little moments like that. I can, I can still feel it right now how it felt. Yeah. And it's almost as if there's a way to do things and it's just that sometimes we're not looking in the right place. You know, we, we know there's a challenge we know there's an obstacle and there's a how, but we just haven't really figured out that how. And that's a great analogy because you could say that the emails were staring you right in the face, but it was just a, a little pivot to kind of adjust and figure out that pathway. What would you say would be some of your proudest moments when it comes to Finder? And where do you expect to take it in the next 10 years? What's your biggest vision for Finder? I... I think in the next 10 years, hundreds of millions of people around the world will use Finder to make decisions that put themselves in a better position in their life. Yep. And it will be known as the the destination to go when you want to make a decision. And that's that's a big idea, right? <laughs> but I, I think it's very possible. It just takes a key vision, some incredible people, an innovative business model, a great team, and persistence you know persistence is omnipotent you never stop just continuously go for it and i'm up for that uh, let's do it <laughs> yeah yeah i love that you're, you're talking about that global expansion and growth but at the end of the day it's all about saving people money 
and looking after the customer because if you can solve that problem or that's the main goal, it's just a matter of figuring out how we do that. So I, I really love that concept and I wish you massive success. Oh, it's very kind. Thank you, Tommy. Fred, we're just running out of time. Is there anything that I've missed out that you kind of want to mention to our listeners? You know, I think the thing I, if, if you're feeling stressed, my submission to you is no matter what, this too shall pass. Mm -hmm. And if you just take small incremental steps and some, you know, towards addressing the source of that stress, eventually it will pass. And then you'll look back and you'll be so much stronger for that. And I, I think I've done that time and time again, continuously dealt with all sorts of issues. And I kind of forget a lot of the challenges and issues now because I deal with so many of them <laughs> and because nothing goes you know, the way you expect and it, it all, everything has challenges and it gets even harder when you want to you know, try and achieve even more. Otherwise everyone would do it. So carry on and never give up. I love it because if, if everything's easy, then everyone will do it. And the more uncomfortable we are, the, the greater the reward when we get to the other side. 100%. Fred, thank you for joining me today on The Stressless Entrepreneur. It has been a massive pleasure. Thank you so much, Tommy. It was great. I appreciate it. There you have it, guys. Thank you for tuning in to The Stressless Entrepreneur podcast with me, your host, Tommy Bowie. If you like what you've heard today, please make sure you subscribe to our show and share this podcast with your friends. Leave us a review so that we can take on your comments, grow with you as a channel and keep providing you quality, stress-free content. If you have a story to tell or just want to say hi, drop me an email on hello at thestresslessentrepreneur.com. I'll catch you all on the next episode.